Please pull up a seat and wind down. With your sojourn on Rakinjima, a pleasant one. The Witch of Truth has invited you to a tea party. We hope you choose to attend. Hello, and welcome to a hidden tea party. My name is Courtney, I am the witch of video games. These are my guests. Hello. Um, hi, I'm Jess, my pronouns are they, them. Um, it's quite, it's not early in the morning, it's early in the morning for me, so I am, I am currently having sleepy baby energy um sleepy baby energy i am hoping to wake up soon (laughs) (laughs) i love it the best energy that's the best energy to have Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. hi my name's ron uh my pronouns are they them and i had a bit to do but i've forgotten it (laughs) did you just nearly forget your pronouns as well (laughs) <laughs> every every morning I wake up and I do have to double check like, just in case. Is, where have they gone? <laughs> where did I put them? I'm like, oh shit! I, I don't want to have to use the he. It's so old and musty now. Ew. <laughs> so um, we had a we had a reading this week. Um, <laughs> um I was um. I was finishing it off for last night, and uh, it's a wild one, so I hope you guys all have fun, fun with that. Um, it's lots of, there's lots of different bits. Ooh, Getting lots so of bits, bits. Tiny little bits. That's most people's review of my Twitter presence. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there's lots of different bits. <laughs> so we read as far as the end of uh, chapter eight, Zeppar and Fur Fur. Which yes. weird chapter because uh, Zephar and Furfa don't really show up until the end, so yeah. I don't really know why it's called that. I guess they make a big impact. I think it's because it's like their first, like their proper intro. I guess I have feelings about Zephar and Furfa that we'll get to when we get there. I've been thinking about them. Mm. Interesting. I'm always Pretty thinking about Zephar and Furfa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every, every day I wake up and I think about Zeppar and Furfur. I'm very busy in the mornings. There's lots to think about. Pronouns. Zeppar and Furfur. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you know the song Friday by Rebecca Black? It's like that, except it's just all the different anime things you're thinking about when you wake up in the morning. Yeah. I'm 7am, waking up in the morning, gotta go meet my anime girls, thinking about those two <laughs> love demons from episode 6 of Umineko. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. It's just as catchy <laughs> as the original. <laughs> um, if anyone's ever sleeps in the same house as me, you will know that I do wake up. Uh, first thing I do is ye- yell, let out a s- battle cry, a scream, if you will. And that is due to the animes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that I'm sounds happy restful. To help with your morning routine. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I love that for you. As we discovered earlier before you got on the recording, Rowan, um, until until I spoke to Courtney, Courtney this morning, I hadn't said anything yet today. So I turned <laughs> up and I was like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> this is very yeah, morning that, routine. So I haven't. Maybe I should. Maybe I should do a a um a morning battle cry just to warm up the vocal yeah. cords. 
it, it's good. It's good. It's refreshing. It it really focuses me and reminds me what I'm fighting against, which is, of course, anime same, girls. Yeah, I was going to say the same anime <laughs> girls that you're constantly thinking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm entirely dedicated against my nemeses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, boy. Well, uh, speaking of doing some fighting, you'll never believe what this chapter starts off with. Yeah, I was like, speaking of it's our, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the it, it is the pod's favorite character, George, hanging out with uh, you know, his his girlfriend and our personal like favorite person to pair him with, Shannon. We have absolutely nothing negative to say about the relationship between these two. Yeah, which yeah. we've definitely never said before, and. And I love um, how it basically the the chapter starts with basically George going, you know how I used to be so much worse? (laughs) (laughs) For the audio listeners, Rowan has just pulled out a thick wad of notes, ready to do the roasting of George Ashiramir. (laughs) Happens every time he gets the spotlight. Uh, But yeah, this reading is um, not a good look for him. He Um, really earns the name um, of Rose. in this. Uh, yeah, he truly does. He saw a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old hanging out. He was 17 and was like, damn. I'm oh, God. Pissed. Oh, no. That really... That really... Oh, God. I hadn't thought about actually how old he was at the time of this, and that's so <laughs> much worse. Oh, my God. So, so yes. dear listener, if you're not reading along with us, George sits down and he basically explains to Shannon that he used to be a massive incel. Yeah. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, oh, I'm going to treat, I, like, I've been taught to treat women so nice and I'm going to be so nice to them and respectful. I'm but- such a gentleman, chivalry, mm, and therefore they all must love me and find me attractive, but wait, they're talking to other men. And by men, I mean (laughs) 12-year-old. I mean my 12-year-old cousin. (laughs) Yeah, I, a 17-year-old. Is into this 10-year-old girl. Well, it's not so much that women don't like nice guys. The way he phrases it is that his niceness was to mask the fact he was scared of women. So he overcorrected. And he's like, well... It's not quite that bad. Mm. Yeah. I think that's true if we take George's explanation at face value, mm. but I do not think George is a reliable narrator <laughs> no, for what was going on with him. Okay. Right, that's fair. That's um, also probably true, but he isn't like those bitches don't like a nice guy, at least. I'll give him a bit of credit for that. That's as far as I'm willing to he's go. He's kind of like, because I'm... <laughs> but he is kind of like, because I'm nice... That should make me more attractive than anybody else who isn't yeah. doing that. Um, yeah. And 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 he looks at uh, Battler and Jessica, who are treating Canon and Shannon like normal humans, and goes, "Damn, Yuck. I guess I should probably treat women like normal humans." I, Again, Shannon was ten. Very weird that that was his thought process at 17. Yeah, he's like, oh, all the girls don't like me. I'm like, I'm like, that's a toddler to you. 
<laughs> like, if I was 17 and I saw, like, my baby cousins hanging out, I wouldn't be thinking, damn, wish that was me, though. Oh. Damn, well, yeah, what? like, the girls, they aren't attracted to me. I'm like, she's 10, she probably had not been attracted to anyone yet. Like, be <laughs> sad that your your cousins don't want to hang out with you. Be like, yeah, I'm going to play with the kids for a bit because they're so carefree. Don't be like, I want to fuck this 10-year-old. Oh. Like, I get it, because there's, like, really no one else for him to hang out with on Rock and Jima because the adults are just there arguing the whole time. Like, it's fine. So, so, so hang out with them, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, like... But yeah, but it's, like... it's very much, it's completely in a, like, romantic jealousy context, all of this. Like... Yeah. Um, yeah. Nah. So... George, George Incel ran. And he's like, okay, so I, I started treating women, like, like, with a bit more... I, I, he, he was it's... like, I my cowardice was what stopped me from succeeding in romance or whatever. And he's like, okay, so I got better and started, like, treating them more equally. But if this is better... If if a man I have already accused of being an incel because of <laughs> the state of his behaviour, he's so like, oh, I'm your white knight or whatever. Like he's so he, like that. Yeah, he's he's basically he's he he was doing so well. He started out like pure incel and he did the minimal level of self improvement and then went. I'm great now, and stopped. Uh, I'm great, no flaws. This relationship with someone in my family's employee is He got uh, so fine. close to, like, gaining a small amount of self-awareness, and then he just put it in the bin. This person, who probably he has known since they were a six-year-old, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I just... It, it's repulsive. There's a mm. lot. It's not. Um, it's not a good look for him, especially since he then immediately pivots into talking about like having kids. Yeah. Also, also at this moment in time, I want to say he's like, "Oh, Shannon, you don't hate me because I told you this," and I'm like, mm, "This is so manipulative to be like, mm. to be like, oh, this fact about me, but like, oh, I'm actually really worried that you're now gonna hate me because of this thing," and it's like. No, she's allowed to feel upset or weird about your behaviour. She that doesn't, doesn't have naturally. to invalidate um, her feelings about you now, but she's allowed to have complicated feelings about this. However this is, like, dude, you can't just, like, every time you're like, I've admitted to something that's bad, scare quotes is like I've, then... I've admitted to being jealous of a 12 year old uh, when i was 17 it's so weird and then my, yeah my, no my least favorite aspect immediately of this. going from like confession of guilt to but you don't actually hate me because i'm so sad now is like really manipulative behavior and i wouldn't trust somebody who would do like like if, yeah, if you're um... like hey I admit that this thing in my past is wrong. You should follow through with that. It shouldn't be as an excuse to like inveigle this person into excusing your past behavior or like getting rid of your guilt. Because that's essentially what he's asking Shannon to do is like rid him of his guilt for feeling that jealousy in the first yeah. place because she's now his and she's now going like, oh no, it's okay, George Sam, or whatever. 
I don't. It's also like it. it's worse as well because like George specifically says that like back in his big incel days he wasn't angry at Battler. Like he was jealous of Battler, but he wasn't like his anger was at Shannon specifically for not noticing him so he was yeah. like yeah he was like oh yeah like i felt so angry at you because you wanted to play with battler instead of me and i was like mm. putting all of the hatred on like on the woman that's very incel of you and and like he just he doesn't question like he doesn't he doesn't think say like oh and that was wrong of me he's just like yeah no i hated you and now i've moved on <laughs> Yeah, because you're mine now. No, that's you're mine. Really I won, and it's like yeah. I mean, to be fair to Shannon, I don't really know what she, well she's kind of made her bed at this point. She's made George. her bed. I, really I also what... don't like like she might. Well, be, I say she she's might, made her bed. She might find how dynamic this, is fucked. She she might find this completely fucking reprehensible. She just doesn't tell him that. Like I don't know yeah. what's going on with her at this point because like. Like, I've written down, like, is, like, you know, is Shannon's love for George completely fabricated? Like, is this just her trying to get herself off the island and get herself comfortable and secure with someone, like, and she's just a really good liar? I don't know. Um, I, I would enjoy that as a twist. Um, because, partly as well because, like, this is a fun insight into the fact that literally... Um, until Battler started not showing up, Shannon did not give a shit about George at all. Like, she didn't pay him any attention. He was complete second choice. Um, yeah. <laughs> she literally, like, <laughs> switched I, gears. I'm and I mean, it's possible that George literally only pursued her because he's still jealous of a 12-year-old. Exactly. And, and so kind of funny, might... but like... A... And she might yeah. well have been like, "This is a good, this is a good career path to me." And that what we're seeing is actually a lot of, um, you know, again, we can't trust anything we actually see in these flashbacks. Maybe she doesn't love him at all. That would be interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, um, I'm willing to entertain this uh, interpretation because I do believe that Umineko is a girl boss book. And because obviously we've, uh, because we've been like, oh, because we're like, we know what the sin is. It's all about Battler. There's some Battler stuff there and she's Beatrice and stuff. So what's going on with the fact that like Shannon and George seems to a thing, seems to be a thing, but then also she's going to kill everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Gaslight Gatekeep girl boss is probably the reason Um, Um, I would reckon. But yes, this, this, this also raises something that I avoid almost talked about last week but then didn't is um the narration overall does seem to remain pretty neutral on george yeah um even even here it doesn't it doesn't feel judgmental about his past or his present self and and it's this section doesn't have a lot of narration but it happens throughout most of the thing is like it's pretty neutral on george and um that's really interesting because i'm like are we supposed to think that this is okay are we supposed to think that this is like acceptable levels um i i my personally i thought from this that we're supposed to see that he's grown yeah and we're supposed to see that he used to be worse and he has uh, but he has i mean i suppose this is some uh important law because 
we don't tend to get a lot of stuff about what happened uh, after Battler left, because Battler's usually our, like, main point of view, so he wasn't there for, like, the six years between his last yeah. conference and now. So, and, like, he doesn't really have any major reflections on previous George. He's like, yeah, he's always just been, like, friendly older cousin. <laughs> like, that was yeah. basically all we've ever gotten about George Yeah, from I just, yeah, so. I think, like... The pr- the main problem with this is this th- this could all be like fairly easily smoothed over and been like yeah okay it was a bit gross but they were all kids if when Shannon was ten and Battler was twelve George was thirteen yeah the age gap's <laughs> fourteen <bit> maybe <laughs> like not like if the, if, if there wasn't a fucking seven year age gap between uh, Shannon and George like. Remind me of this a, more often. If I yeah, ever become comfortable like, with Umineko, please bring that fact up. Because you think, because like Christ. at the at the age of like seventeen, twenty three, I'm like, mm, that's no good. That's weird. Ten and seventeen, that's fucking like, oh my god. Like <laughs> that really puts it into perspective, like what different that's life stages there are in that period, yeah. doesn't it? Like. Yeah, it's not and, a good and look. It's interestingly, for not mentioned at all during the the flashback. Anything about the the relative ages or life stages that there are in this? Um, I mean, which is to why be I fair, Shannon is <laughs> Shannon is still a child, so she's not thinking like about this. No, she wouldn't be. Um, George should have been. Yes, George should be. This is all on George. This is none of this is on him. Yeah. It's on Shannon. It's, it's, um, it's gatekeeping. Actually, it's to keep the libs out. <laughs> yeah, we've got to we got to keep the libs out of uh, our pure fictional work, Umineko. Oh, I don't know about that. Umineko is a bit too uh, lefty, I think, for the uh, uh, online. Lefty. It's a bit too lefty. <sighs> Jeez. Um, anyway, um, I mean, yeah, there are no. like there are like right wing Umineko fans. I'm not really oh, quite sure them. how they properly engage with the with the work mm. because. I think it's fundamentally very left wing, but uh, whatever, you know. Work. Yeah, they're here like Kinzo, fave character. Kinzo, morning <laughs> gold is good actually. Yeah, I have a couple more things to say about this scene. Sorry. So there's two things about this. Featherine at one point steps in to be like, oh yeah, um, to really explain the fact that the reason that George was shit and that jo- and that Jessica and Battler were good is that Jessica and Battler spoke to everyone as equals. They didn't care about gender. And I was like, oh yeah, that's why Battler also pretended to grope all of the guy's boobs when he first, oh no, wait. Oh, yeah. Boy. And I was like, okay, Featherine, you like, he totally doesn't do that. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. That would have been, fu- that would have been quite fun. Like imagine if he'd, if he turned up at the island and was like, oh, hey George, by the way, do you want to just honk honk? <laughs> like that would have that would have been an interesting different dynamic but no um and the other thing was <laughs> george obviously at the end of this train wreck of a conversation gets out his engagement ring and there's like a line mm. he's so fucking proud of himself because he takes it out of his pocket with masculine charm he says which is even better than the way that he practiced in the airport toilet <laughs> and I was like, "There's so there's nothing sexier in a sentence than being like, 
I've just, I've the charming way I did this was even better than I practiced in the airport toilet <laughs> while, my, while, while Rudolph was taking a massive shit next door. <laughs> and everyone was like, Rudolph, are you having a wank? Oh, I was just Meanwhile, like... George was envisioning this moment. I don't oh, know. Boy. Like It's all been building up to this. Like, I don't know if that was the narration, like, taking the piss out of him, but, like, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> it's very funny. I agree. Um, so we get a kind of stock George Shannon proposal. We've had it a few times now. George is like, oh, yeah, don't care about my mum. She's going to have to deal if she disinherits me, whatever. And then we cut to Erica, kind of uh, uh, mirroring my reaction at this point, which is like, can we just kind of get on with it, please? Uh, where <laughs> it's the, like, where's where, the murder? Where's the death? This, Where is the murder? This section with Erica almost perfectly confirmed to me where Umaneko was going because not only was Erica like, I hate love and romance, I don't have any emotion in my heart. Yeah. But also like I feel like if you had been set up to actually care about George and Shannon and uh had wanted to, which would explain the amount of George Shannon content in the start of the novel if you're like, they're trying to sell it to you so that you care about them in this moment you would then be mad at Erica which is like slowly putting you more and more on the witch side and I was like, I see what you're fucking doing, I see what you're doing (laughs) the problem is I have compassion for 10 year old children at least Erica clearly wouldn't. So, like, that that sets us apart from her, at least in this aspect, a little bit. It, 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 it is, like, weirdly, like, okay, I guess this probably would never happen, but if Battler, like, had, like, a fucking, like, envy plot around Maria, bleh. Yeah. 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 That's the age gap that we're talking about. Yeah, right? that I mean, is. I know that, it? like, for, for reasons that would, like, literally never happen because it's canon in universe that Maria behaves a lot younger than what would be expected of a nine-year-old in this situation. But yeah, even but so. Still like, like... Even so, bleh. Bleh. Mm. Um, hmm. Anyway. Thinking about the fact uh, that uh, oh. Jotaro is the, the appropriate age. It's the, the, like Jotaro having an envy plot about Maria. Oh, I don't like um, that. I just... I just if you, if you ever think that I'm too too hard on Umaneko's anime age bullshit, know that I also do that for animes that I actually enjoy. <laughs> Fair enough. If you can't hate hate Rowan, one anime, are you not I don't are know. you not enjoying Umaneko? <laughs> I love the podcast. <laughs> um, Rowan, I hope you're looking forward to Silent Hill F. Uh, anyway, um... oh, also very small point from that scene is Delena also turns up and goes, "Can we move this shit on? This is boring as hell." <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> and I um, love that. You know what? So... so far, the worst thing Erica Ferrudo has done is be a bit mean and like abuse duct tape. I so far the worst things that Beatrice and Battler have done is kill a bunch of people and grope a bunch of people and as a consequence i i think i know what side i'm still on i'm sorry um i guess erica did like try to construct a narrative in which um an innocent woman committed a bunch of murders and was committing adultery yeah that's still the lesser of all the crimes so far (laughs) Being mean to Natsui is is still... oh, and I and I'm pretty sure she was gonna like murder everyone on the island when she was gonna be put in charge. That was the implication. 
I, hmm. Yeah, but uh, I don't think, hmm. I feel like witch murders is different. Um, what I'm saying is like. So, but like, yeah. then doesn't that absolve Beatrice then? Because she didn't actually do all those murders. Witch murders are different. Um, she did them on the island. The I'm I'm, no, I'm she, saying er, Erica was going to be territory lord. She could have um. Yeah, she, I'm she, just she, I'm just uh, my point. So at the moment is that like Erica sucks personality wise, but I'm also struggling to I'm still struggling to side with the witch side because we spent the first half of this book basically making me hate the witch side. I I am very interested where we're going to go with this episode specifically because obviously like Battler is now going to be in the position where he is killing people, his own family as part of this and I feel like it's going to really take the the murdering everyone on the island from the status of actual murder to fictional game board um, yeah very mm. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> no, even more a, starkly than it has been kind of going there in that in that level um before. Mm. Um and I think yeah, so I, I, I think I think Battler is kind of reevaluating the position he was in there. And I don't know because we obviously don't know the truth that he knows and everything, whether that's actually justified or not. <laughs> um I'm intrigued to find out. Maybe um, I maybe maybe we'll get there and I'll be like, you're right. Killing everyone on the island multiple times because it wasn't real was definitely the best thing to do here. Um, I I think that's probably what Umaneko wants us to do, and I'm probably going to be taken on the journey where I'm like, yeah, Erica actually is the bad guy. Um, it's just in this scene in particular, I was like, she's fucking right though. <laughs> she is fucking right. Hey, George and Shannon. <laughs> um, you know what they say about broken clocks. Uh, really bad at telling the time. So, uh, Canon and Shannon regroup, and they're like, and Canon's like, I'm okay. Time for me to go talk to Jessica. Uh, I'm not gonna lose. Because uh, uh, so, this is uh, a competition, let, and I'm like, why? <laughs> let's let's. I'm gonna go play cards with the rest of them, and then I'll talk to Jessica. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're still in full competition mode. Uh, yeah. Um. And uh, watching the scene are the two Beatrices, and they talk about the fact that uh, uh, Shannon has a piece of the butterfly brooch from episode two, and we get the confirmation that Elder Treche was the Beatrice that gave her that brooch. Yeah. Or at least she has the memories of giving that brooch. It's not fully clear at this point. Um, yeah, which is kind of... Yeah, I, was was the start. This will come up again later, but was the start of me going, okay, like what was that scene in the human version then? Like I don't like. I want to know: is there a brooch? Is there, you know, like is there an object that all of this is tied to? Is it a metaphor for something else? Um, like, did she meet anyone, or was this a, like a scene inside her own head where she was deciding something? Was this an outside force? Like. Was because we did see this scene, the previous one, and Cannon was there, um, at least for some of it, um, and he was very anti Beatrice, anti all of this brooch stuff. But obviously, maybe he wasn't in reality. Maybe it was her having a conversation with him. Um, 
but yeah, I was trying to work out what the actual human mm. explanation for any of that was. And um, unfortunately, I have no answers. Really like the idea of Shannon on one of her days off going across to Claire's accessories <laughs> and finding a little gold butterfly brooch. And being like, I think that's cute. This. Yeah. Yeah. This. It's got the magic. And Beatrice, Elder Treche was the Claire's accessory employee who. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Who persuaded yeah, her to um, go for yeah. her dreams and go for the man she loved? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, and she was like, "By the way, you know that shrine uh, really blocks my view of the island. Uh, could you, like, you know, like break the mirror the in mirror. there?" Uh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, but but yeah. Um, and then we cut to a discussion between Erica and Kumasawa about the island's superstition. Yes, yes. we've been talking about uh, it's very pertinent. Yes, um, Erica like bas- basically was another crime of the like what Jess keeps complaining about about like they set up like they're gonna give us some exposition and then they just cut away. They, like it's, I mean, it's I think not we as get... bad this time. I, but yeah, I think I think with this, we definitely one... get something out of this. Yeah. Um, basically, the summary is Erica deduces from Kumasawa's information that like. The old superstition of Rokunjima being a demon island fused with the superstition surrounding the creepy portrait Kinzo put up. And they kind of, the witch took on elements of the creepy demons that used to be there. And that's why she has a lot of things that are quite incongruous for a western witch, like being uh, afraid and depowered by spider webs. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's something think about, that the like, demons were, were actually yeah. by and not her. Um, yeah, because if you think about it, like like Western witch lore, surely witches would like spiderwebs. Like, usually witches are associated with spiderwebs as like a source of power yeah. rather than something to ward them off. Um, yeah, and so. the, the Eastern Shrine shouldn't have had any power over a Western witch. Um, yeah. But it but it was created to seal away the original demons of the island. Um, yeah. So yeah, Erica's just like they've just put a fa- the face of Beatrice over the pre existing demon lore of this island, haven't they? Yeah. I think this uh, lends itself to Jess's theory that the two Beatrices, the one that is not affected by spiderwebs, is like Shannon Trice, where it's like exactly the portrait, exactly the epitaph the identity that Shannon's assuming and the other one is like the agglomeration of Beatrice so like the rumours on the island and the original one that Kinzo trapped and killed Kuadorian and uh, all the other stuff like I, I I took this as evidence towards that theory yeah yeah same because we, we even get a little scene between the two Beatrice's about um about their differences and um about how uh, Elder Treche is affected by all the stuff from the superstitions, and Baby Treche is not. And uh, how um, Baby Treche can't really do magic, but Elder Treche can. So... It also makes sense because Baby Treche was spawned when Battler figured out that it was Shannon who did the the thing. So it's that that version of Beatrice no longer is like Beatrice of all of the island stuff. It's actually like. Beatrice of Shannon's formation, and that's why she acts like Shannon and so forth. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and they also they also talk about like um, how 
Elder Treche is a witch with no body, and be it Baby Treche is a human who has a body but no magic. And I was like, well, that makes sense because Elder Treche is an idea and a, a legend. Um, potentially was a person, but is like if if like if she was a person, she's dead. Um, yeah. So she's now a concept, whereas Baby Treche is Shannon. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They try and merge as well. They like touch hands and stuff, and it doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, that's very cute. Um, and uh, and then we cut to another creepy room scene. Creepy room scene. Uh, I do enjoy these creepy room scenes. <laughs> it gives me like, um, for some context, Rowan. By the way, this is um, these creepy room scenes are like the vibe that the Zero Escape games. Give, give me at least for Ooh, basically yeah, the whole thing it. like the music's quite similar it's all the, yeah it's it's dark it's mysterious it's a lot more horror-y than human echo mm. is and it's one of the reasons i like those games um mm. despite them yeah. having similar if not worse amounts of anime, anime bullshittery oh I, yeah for two um, seconds there i was like oh yeah we should do zero escape on the pod and then you were like yeah no it's worse for the anime bullshit and i'm like i'm sure race attorney won't have any anime bullshit oh boy i was literally reading last night about one of the plot lines which is about a uh, 31 year old man trying to propose to a 16 year old in ace attorney so that's fun uh to be fair he is a meme character with a puppet but i don't know if that makes it better or worse <laughs> why um, why why does this get included? Why is this necessary? I don't know. Um, I would love to have an answer question. for you. I would anyway, love to. Um, so, uh, known uh, Californian teen girl, Kotaro Uchikoshi, who wrote um, who wrote the Zero Escape series, uh, is unfortunately incredibly horny, and uh, he can't stop that from being in all his works. So, To be fair, in the first one, not so much... Um, well, yeah, the worst thing that happens in the first Zero Escape series is when the characters is like kidnapped on her way back from a belly dancing class. So she's they just, do uh, talk about her boobs quite a lot because she's in a belly dancing <laughs> outfit the entire time. Um, but she's also a milf. Imagine she's so, also like, a milf, which like... is nice because you know, like she's not you know underage. Um, yeah, no, she's like forty. It's great, like but 40. it's it's very fun. It's very funny that like they're like, how do I get this character in this outfit? I know. She was kidnapped for a belly dancing class and didn't have a yeah. chance to change. And then in the second one, you have a different protagonist, and he is just gross. He's just oh, like, yeah. sex, 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 all the time. Let's hit on every woman around. And you're like, shut up. I think I think you can be... You can make horny brain media, but you should probably do it in a way that isn't like justifying pedophilia or sexual crimes of other kinds agreed um, agreed i think i think there's, there's there's ways of going about it um listen to our rocky horror bonus episode on a movie that is very horny brained yeah. and entirely yeah. with, between adults um i'm not saying um, that there's not problems with ro- some of the well there's some consent stuff going on there but yeah. uh however it's um, all adults which true. is an improvement anyway Back to uh, back to the horror room. Yes, uh, there's a lot of stuff around the chain on the door. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, yeah, because they they, they uh, give up on because the the windows resealed. They wake up on the bed again. Uh, it's all basically reset. The fingers yes, back. Except they still have 
the they bite marks. They have the bite marks on their finger. But it's back on. So it's so back they're on. Like, they're like, window. Friendship ended with window. Um, door is my new Cracking best door is my new best friend again. Um, so we're going back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like, after a while, they realize that like, the big chain that was attached to the door is now just a chain lock that they can undo. Yeah. Yes. And they um, go out of the door, do. and as they leave, they realize that there's a collar around their neck and a chain on that that's attached to the door. That's and attached so, to the door. Yeah, it's it's a it's a real like false hope kind of like narrative thing where they're free suddenly and then they're not free, and there's a witch laughing behind the door at them as they get like choked a bit because they're trying to struggle against this chain. Um, this this slapped. I liked that though we didn't have a face to the witch either. I felt that yeah. was well done. Yeah, it's a lot more scary like that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, also, I was really intrigued in this because one of the things that they see after getting that collar on is that there's red words written on the, uh, well, on the wall, yeah. on the door, not sure which. Um, yeah, looking like it's written in blood. It's, uh, and yeah, yeah it's, it's, on says, the, it's on the wall. It says, the chain lock must be set. You're allowed to unset it, but it must then be reset. Unless it is set, this exit of yours will be unusable. So they basically interpret that as like they can undo the the little chain lock, but they have to redo it before they're actually allowed to leave the room. Um, I have a question as well. Like, so these words, when they are presented to us in the narration, they're not written in red, but they're like written in red on the wall. So I was like, I wonder if that's going to be like, is that a thing? Like, I'm wondering whether, for instance, this is going to be, as much as it's clearly also, like, uh, an insight into a character or maybe a metaphor or something, I'm wondering whether this is also an insight into how some of the locked rooms might work um, and whether we're supposed to be taking some of the red stuff on the wall as, like, okay, like, you know, they... They have to re- they have to reset this lock and stuff um, before they can leave. Um, especially as like mm-hmm. the narrator then tries to like reset the chain lock from outside using like a a coat hanger and it doesn't fucking work. Yeah, no, uh, the, the, witch the witch specifically appears. breaks off part of it. Yeah. yeah, and then they get another bit of red on the door that says like, what is it? It's impossible to it's set in- or unset the chain lock from the outside by any means. So I was like, is this a clue? Is this like, are we going to get from these scenes, like how how some of the locked rooms were constructed in, in the previous episodes? Um, and this is because like one of the things that I had suggested was, is it possible to use something to re- reset a chain lock from outside? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe this is the answer being like, no. No, it's not. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I, I'm i wondering if this is foreshadowing for something later on, because if uh, the... So in order to have a device or something, it needs to be properly foreshadowed. Mm-hmm. And so if this character then figures out a way to unlock and lock the door, um, even if we're not like fully shown it in here, it could be foreshadowing for later. There's a locked room that has a similar construction, yeah, where somebody uses said device and it wouldn't break Knox's truths because it's been foreshadowed here. 
possible but yeah i don't think you'd i think it's too late for it to be retroactive if there's a device to any of the previous episodes Agreed. but it could be for a um a later one maybe for this episode yeah. yeah um we get a very creepy scene where the laughter of the witch becomes the laughter of the people playing the card game Mm. Uh, yeah they actually because because before this they've been like really sure that their family is just down the room but like down the hallway but they've not actually had any evidence that that's true and then they hear like the laughter and i'm like this is the actual first evidence that there's anyone in actually else in the house um Mm. i don't know if that's important at all yeah it is um it's very creepy love good writing good writing you can do it uh, we believe in you. We love you. I mean, maybe not love, but you know, you're pretty good sometimes. Um, Without pretty good sometimes, it cannot be seen. True. Um, so then we cut to the cousins playing a card game. Um, and George has fucking um, won for like the seventh time in a row. He's in software. Yeah, uh, he's, been te- he's been teamed up with Maria and they've just been cleaning house. Um, He's like, my god, as a 23-year-old, I'm owning these kids. <laughs> yeah. I'm to so be fair, good. he is doing it to like help Maria, which I thought was sweet. Yeah. Like the yeah. only the only justifiable use for older sibling better at card game powers is to make youngest sibling win. Yeah, I'd I'd have been mm. literally fine with this. It had the last time we'd been talking with George not been so bad. Um <laughs> I was just like I was just not ready to hear that George had been winning at card games right now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> also Batman to be losing. From the sound of things, like usually they don't take it super seriously, but then Cannon showed up and was like not willing to like make it easy for like Maria. So, so they've uh, all been they going just, like, all out. They've been going all out. So Cannon doesn't Cannon. know how to relax. We kind of knew this. He's yeah. just like, I have to try my best. I have to be amazing at everything. Otherwise, Jessica won't like me. Bless him. <laughs> he's also um, not that good. He's also not very good. He's not having he's also losing. <laughs> quite, quite sincerely. Yeah. And so he, get, he does get a bit bummed about that as well. Because he's just him. like, what uh, am I worth if I can't win card game? Um, <laughs> he is still having me when his, I allow like, myself constant... to be gaslit by Magic the Gathering players. <laughs> Even with his newfound like love resolve, he's still kind of in Eeyore mode a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, so, um, that's Jessica fun. tries to cheer him up though, and that's quite cute. Because she's like, yeah, they learn. go. It's not all about winning; it's about trying your best. They go have a little, a fun little conversation in the hallway, uh, Jessica and Cannon. Um, they uh, talk about their kind of blossoming relationship. Um, yeah. And uh, Cannon is like, why do you like me? And then is like, oh no, no, I shouldn't say that. No, it's so embarrassing. Actually, I'm, I suck. I shouldn't have asked that. Especially because like, Jessica <laughs> takes more than like a second to respond. Because, yeah. because her answer is basically like, I wanted to try being in love, but she wants, and then like Canon was there, but she doesn't want to say that in case it sounds like literally anyone yeah. would have done, because that kind of is probably true. <laughs> yeah. Again, I what I do like about this reading, I will say, is I do think it's intentional that there are like these obvious flaws to both relationships. They're both kind of relationships of convenience for everyone involved uh mm-hmm. so 
it's very much like, well, you were there, so yeah. Um, it is fun. It is it is a cute take on the like, um, we're we're stuck on a murder island. We're the only two people of a similar age. Let's fuck trope, yeah. which yeah. happens a lot. Yeah. Um, and it is quite funny that they're like with, with less sex. Work. Thank God. Thankfully. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, looks like like um, I actually I really enjoy the Jessica and Cannon relationship to be honest because I think like they're both really awkward. They're both around the same age. They're clearly like this this relationship. I'm looking at it and being like, this isn't for you either of you, babes. But like yeah. they don't know that. <laughs> it, it does um, read as like high school romance in a way yeah. that is a lot more charming and suitable for their age and bracket. not predatory in the same way as George yes. and Shannon yeah. Um, but yeah it's mm-hmm. also so relatable Jessica Babes being like well I'm, everyone else is doing love and like I feel like I should. That's exactly how I have had most of my relationships in my time was gone like well this person said they liked me and I guess that's flattering and I suppose I should try being in a relationship so I guess I'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) There are worse reasons. (laughs) Compulsory heterosexuality takes another victim. Yeah, I'm like, Jessica, just look inside yourself. Maybe you're gay. Um... Um, I'd I'd love Natsuhi's reaction to Jessica coming out as a lesbian. Uh, Natsuhi then has to Natsuhi instantly and enraged at the thought, and then goes, "Hang on a minute, am I false? (laughs) Am I (laughs) am I only dating my husband because I had an arranged marriage?" Yeah, Jessica's like, "But I feel all these things," and Natsuhi's like, "Everyone feels those things." Hang on. Natsui mad as hell storming back to the closet like I'm going to think about this really hard (laughs) alone in the dark (laughs) that family in their closet ironically in a closet (laughs) (laughs) Natsui muffled from a closet it's ironic it's ironic (laughs) (laughs) so um we get some more kind of furniture discussion here. Jessica and that decides into... that she's going to teach Canon guitar. <laughs> oh yeah, that is also very cute. That's yeah. very cute. Um, That's but yeah, we get some more. We get some more furniture stuff here, kind of spurred on by Ange and um, Featherine. Yeah, this so, bit was um... really interesting to me because Ange really has exactly the same questions that I do at this point, and Featherine clearly knows the answer and won't tell us. Boom. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think it's some interesting questions to think on. Yeah, I really wanted to have some answers to them, I think, at this point, is the problem. Andrew basically sums up the problem that is like, why do they need the brooch? Why do they need extra magic? Both of these couples have said, like, they don't care what the family thinks. They're going to, they're in love already. They're in a relationship. What more do they need? Um, Mm. like why would they need a miracle they're all talking about how you know one of them's furniture and they're not allowed to love but they are in love so surely they've overcome that hurdle already why do they need extra magic Um, Mm. yeah yeah (laughs) Um, 
Like, honestly, Anne just kind of uh, coming for the pod here. She's trying to take our job, and I don't like that. Stop asking the questions that we're supposed to be asking each other. I've been um, Ange-pilled from the start, so I'm quite happy about this. Yeah. Yeah, um, she's she's very much on the same page as the audience for a lot of this, or at least what I expect the audience is at, so uh, I quite enjoy it. She also this. explains the, the situation of the brooch a little bit more, which because it was a bit confusing at first, but basically she explains there's one brooch, it will give a magic miracle to one couple but there's only one brooch so it will only work for one couple and it will allow mm-hmm. that that person's love to flourish the other one will die without any help yeah yeah um so basically if neither and of and, them and used and it, just both so... relationships would fail yeah and i'm just like okay why but why <laughs> <laughs> but why though like the again seems like they're already doing pretty good uh, I I mean to be fair, from the read on both of these relationships that I have, I don't think either would work. But uh, that's neither here nor there for this reading. Yeah, um, it certainly wouldn't fail instantly. Like, um... yeah, they won't fail instantly. But um, as we've already established, these are both relationships of uh, circumstance, really. Yeah. Uh, so I. There's quite a high likelihood they're not particularly compatible. So, yeah, you know, who knows? Yeah, and Angela also brings up the the question of, yeah, like, was this is this a real brooch in the human explanation? What's the answer to this? What could change? What could change some? Mm. What could change their situation so drastically? Um. And I don't know. I do not know. <laughs> yeah. Um, curious or Because obviously in the human explanation, the problem isn't that one of them is furniture and isn't actually allowed to have successful love because they're that's, just humans. Yeah, they're just servants. Because if you're doing, <laughs> if you're, if you're doing an uh, anti-fantasy explanation, they can't be special magic demons from another world. They have to be real people, and there has to be a real people reason as to why why uh, it would only one of these relationships fail. can succeed. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and I mean, we do get some a bit later, but we'll wait till we get there. Yeah. Um. So then we get uh, a cute little scene between um the Beatos, the, the Beatos. Where uh, Baby Triche does some magic, and we get yeah, uh, she does the little upside down cup uh, spell that um, Maria was talking about earlier with Erica, mm. and we get our uh, second golden truth. You used magic to create a golden flower petal inside an upside down cup. It was a fantastic spell. Yes. Um. So I feel I'm not entirely sure what the underlying rule that we're supposed to take from that is, because I feel like the the other golden truth that we've had was I guarantee that this body is Kinzo's or whatever, which basically yeah. basically kind of boils down to Kinzo must be dead for the game board. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether this we're supposed to interpret that magic is just a trick that you believe in. Mm. like whether whether all magic in the context of this game is sleight of hand that you play along with um or whether there's something 
else, basically. um, I took this to be a big hint about how magic works. I took this to be like... um, Because everybody present in that scene wanted that magic to happen. That's how it was interpreted as magic. And this is like a pretty big hint towards that explanation for magic. Yeah. Yeah, and we we have the whole discussion about belief like enabling magic. Yeah, there's there's a really uh, important quote I think um which one of them says which is the power of belief is magic and those who make others believe are witches. Yes. Yes. So it's like yeah, the the person who puts on the show, the person who's convincing is a witch. Um and the people who are willing to believe in it believe in magic. Um, yeah, I I think that's really cool. I don't, off the top of my head, know what that helps me with that we hadn't already kind of said. Part of it is, I think you have to remember that uh, there's because this is a game with like no kind of evaluation of the reader. Rikish has no idea what page the reader. Yeah, was on I don't know. It's it's more like it's not that I don't think this was useful to say. It's more that um, I feel like that should have uncovered something for me that I hadn't already thought of. But I'm I feel like I'm missing whatever that is. Because um, just trying to think about the things that definitely have happened that. Like, obviously, we know there's a human explanation for the murders and stuff like that. Um, Mm. But, like, is it, you know, um, is it kind of, like, because obviously there's some scenes in which, like, there's the entire scene where Beatrice and Virgilia have an entire massive witch fight, but there's no evidence for Mm. it. And so we've been thinking, oh, well, none of that just just didn't happen. Is this kind of like trying to say, okay, not all magic has to have not happened at all, um, but Mm. some of it can be trickery. Um, Yeah. um, Is it? Yeah, I don't know. I guess Mm. guess where we've got evidence or struggle to, I'm thinking about the like, Beatrice producing a candy for maria yeah like for instance like that i think makes sense as sleight of hand definitely yeah um i think um kinzo is very um adamant that he got all of his gold from a witch um i think i don't i still don't know whether he believes that that's a lot of very good sleight of hand, uh, if you put exactly. um, So, <laughs> but like, yeah, I'm just like, is 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 in that situation? She's a very she's very good at persuading him that she definitely got this through magic, and then gave him a load of gold, and that because he believes her, he's like, yeah, this was definitely magic. Um, mm-hmm. Or yeah, well, I, I guess know. like part of the other thing is is I think it does indicate that even if there is a plausible like non-magical explanation if you believe enough it doesn't matter you can still see it as magic Mm. if your belief that it's magic is powerful enough it doesn't matter how kind of quote obvious the trick is yeah Um, so i think that's what i find interesting about this is just just because you can come up with a way that, like, it wasn't done with magic doesn't inherently mean it's not if you have enough faith in magic. 
if you yeah, it's want going... to believe the end of Umaneko is a witch explanation, it doesn't matter how many people come up with human explanations. You yeah. can still believe the witch explanation is true, yeah. and that Ange and Battler can be reunited, etc. Et mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it it goes back to the whole like magic and sh- magic is showmanship and embellishment on a boring truth, um, and yeah, the, are put on for those who are willing to accept it, basically, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure Maria yeah. will have nothing to say about this in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the real truth is uh, the island sank and everyone was doing paperwork the whole time. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is that. Um, um, so. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a cute scene. We get some more kind of Ange observations about it. Uh, which yes. we've kind of already covered. Yeah, I think the only um, point that like we haven't fully covered is the only hint that Featherine gives us to why they would still ooh, need yes. magic is that she says love and magic are different things. Mm-hmm. Not, not magic. True. Love and marriage are different things. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so, which like, is also true. Yeah, it and I'm like, true. you're right. Like, So I guess she's <laughs> saying that like they don't need extra magic to love each other. They need extra magic to you know, get married, to formalise yeah. this in so, any way. Um, mm, yeah, alternative explanation. Sense. They don't need magic to marry. Like, they, They'll still marry, but in order to stay in love with George, <laughs> you're going to need some heavy, <laughs> heavy magic. <laughs> So um, I like that. The, the brooch just turns into a bottle of pills and it's like, take twice a day. Um, <laughs> it's Prozac. It's like hallucinogens it's, it's, or it's something. It's the child sedatives. That's it's the child sedatives, but for George. <laughs> oh my god. Get, feed these to your husband, it will keep him chill, we swear. Um, mm. Healthy marriage. Uh, healthy marriage. That's fundamentally what Umaneko's about is some very, very healthy marriages. Oh, the relationships yeah. in Umaneko are so healthy. So I mean, I mean, Avery and Hideyoshi, no faults there. Arranged marriage, huge age gap implied. Great. Um, uh, Kyrie and Rudolph. Who Kyrie has some very normal feelings about her husband. Super normal. <laughs> Rudolph is definitely not cheating on her with multiple people. Great. Kraus and Natsuhi. Arranged marriage. Kraus is a fucking moron. Natsuhi gets the hell out of there. So so many great relationships in this. Kinzo yep. was clearly cheating on his wife with Beatrice. You know, there's... A woman yeah. he had imprisoned. <laughs> yeah, and cheating on his wife who gave him four children. So, like, oh boy. Yeah. We never... haven't learned much about Kinzo's wife. No. Yeah. At all. No, she's Basically... kind of a t- she's kind of just a like character who's just kind of there to explain why he has four kids. Yeah, I feel like the only Ooh. thing we basically know about her is that sometimes she used to get anxious and look for Kinzo and couldn't find him. Yeah. And Ooh. that's literally it. Once again, I'm like, Ryokishi, this is not based right writing. This female character's entire point is to raise children. Yeah, I have a, I have a, I think that that's intentional, and because he's going like, that's all people cared about. Is unfortunately, like, Kinzo um, is does not have great attitudes to women. We know this. It's, yeah. it, it, it's not surprising he would see 
his wife as incredibly disposable. And um, I guess, like, because of the life that she's implied to have lived, it's not a way that she would have impacted the story, which... Um, yeah, I'm, I am I don't think it's unlike, like, I don't think it's... Maybe she'll come up, I don't know, in later things, but, um, yeah. I think... I don't think Umineko is wanting for female characters with agency, at least. So it's not like Kinzo's wife is a, doesn't seem to be particularly relevant, therefore... Uh, but like we don't have any female characters to kind of give. She's any certainly a to. sad character. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not like they didn't have space for the fucker. Like, <laughs> there are would you want space. another OC? Do you want another OC? Are you asking for another OC? I think you should cut out some of the OCs we've already had and give us Kinzo's wife. I think she's a... M- I mean, okay, to be fair, the main reason Kinzo's wife isn't here is like, how the fuck do you cover up Kinzo's death if his wife is still alive? Oh, um, no, I'm not saying still alive. I'm just saying like... In flashbacks. In some of the flashbacks. Or like or mentioned. Mentioned, yeah. Because I guess... Be- and the other part the other part is we don't really get a lot of flashbacks in Humaneco we've had. Basically, one, two. We've had two. We've I'm had... not. I'm not asking for Kinzo's wife Sprite. I'm asking for any of the children to have an opinion on their mother. Right. I have. I have a fantastic. I have a fantastic theory. Okay. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> every so often to spice up their marriage, Kinzo's like, right, you go off to this hidden mansion and dress up as a completely different person, and I'm gonna sneak out and pretend you're my mistress. <laughs> <laughs> But he's actually married to Beatrice, but like that's like that's like an alter ego thing that he's like he pretends to be cheating on his wife with, but it's just his wife in a different dress. Cheating on my wife brackets roleplay. Cheating Um. on my wife brackets with my wife. (laughs) (laughs) I will also accept this explanation. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I I think if he had chosen to include her, he could have. Like, I don't think I would have hated it. Um, I can just understand his reasoning for not wanting to. Also, yeah. like, you know, he can't put her in an anime bikini. He can and he should. I think you should put more gilfs in anime bikinis. True. Bolly- Bollywood True. gilf. Put her in the Bollywood outfit from, from Zero bo- Escape. Put, put her in the belly dance. <laughs> she was on her way back from belly dancing class. And uh, then she found out her husband was cheating. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she she is. Um, I think I guess fundamentally she's a very tragic character. She because, is, yeah. You know, if 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 it is true, and she was being cheated on, then uh, she went to her grave being a character who was cheated on. Yeah, I think so, uh, I think as well. In in some ways, like you know, it's it's something that I feel like the the narration could be slightly clearer about because it's very clear about some things. But I feel like the fact that she's not really included, and that's because none of the siblings or Kinzo talk about her because they're the people who would. Um, yeah. Really Outside kind of... of the mention, the mention like, that Kinzo was, was cheating on her, I mean... The people who would talk about her, yeah, like, the, the fact that the people who care about her, like, or should care about her, kind of have nothing to say about her, like kind of emphasizes the kind of the, the real misogynistic trend of this family where that yeah like she was their mom she birthed them and that was kind of it um yeah 
I would and be willing sucks. to entertain like Ryukishi has purposefully made this woman absent from the text on purpose if I thought he did anything that wasn't in total excess. But I think Ryukishi's <laughs> writing is mostly about giving you lots and lots and lots and lots and then you have to sort through it. And the fact that she's not here I think <laughs> yeah. is an indictment of his writing rather than a purposeful choice. Justice. Justice for mother. We don't know her name. <laughs> Justice. Justice for mother. <laughs> Yes, she is also Me as a, a little man. Victorian child. Justice for mother! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, maybe maybe she'll show up in some side material. Uh, I'll let you know if we ever get a name on her. They still write Umineko side material to this day. Do they? So, oh, that's um, yeah. More of it? There's so much more, Rowan, you could read it when you finish the book and go, I just wish there were hundreds of thousands more words. I'll let you know. I'll let you know when they write something about Kinzo's wife, because then you're super keen to read about her. Um... You've dug yourself into this hole. <laughs> if they write anything about the, the, the set of niche side characters that I have decided is everything to me, then then I'll be <laughs> dual genderman one shot. I'm happy. Um, Should we go back to the book? Oh, yeah, because yeah, I've got so much to say about that last scene. Okay, let's go. Okay, so uh, Jessica and Cannon are still talking, and then the butterfly brooch starts sparkling. Oh, boy, and, does it. Uh, teleports them elsewhere. And then we cut to something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what I meant by, like, this This reading is very in bits. It's like lots of chop cuts to lots of different bits happening at different yeah. times and different places. And... Like, a lot a lot kind of happens, but a lot of it is character moments. It's not yeah, really yeah, a yeah. huge plot progression reading. It's a lot of, like, so you want to talk about some character stuff? So you want to talk about how George sucks? <laughs> Speaking of people sucking, um, time for some uh, oh. dunking on Battler. Battler, you... Oof. Battler is not having a very flattering episode so far. No. Uh, Be Beatrice enters his study with Kumasawa. They've made some... Uh, they've made some... Butterfly cookies, because she's a butterfly witch. <laughs> and then um, Battler comes in and is like clearly not pleased, but he's like, thank you, take them away. Yeah, thank you. I don't want one. I don't like sweets, which we know is not true. Yeah, he's literally fought. I think mammon or some one of the steaks over like a croissant in previous episodes. <laughs> like he clearly yeah. likes sweet things. He's just choosing. He just doesn't want them because it's because it's his his fake Beatrice and yeah, and he he doesn't like that she would make him cookies because he knows the real Beatrice would never make me cookies. Yeah, he, unless well, poison. Unless they were poisoned, which he mentions. Kumasawa, like, begs him and then when he's like, no, 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 she fucking goes she... off. <laughs> I love Kumasawa in this reading. She pops the fuck She, like, fucking off. yells at him and is like, how could you do this to someone who has poured their heart and soul into making cookies? I'm not leaving yeah. until you eat one of them. Yes. <laughs> Class. And I'm like Kumasawa. <laughs> You're yeah. Um but baby treat chase just kind of like in the background, like mm, it's okay, you don't have to. Um oh, 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 oh. And Anne's just kind of watching this whole scene and she is like, Yeah, uh he's my brother, but like what this the is fuck? A bit <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, um, they they end up talking about like Baby Treche's goal and like what that means yes. for her as a piece, don't they? Because like, 
yeah, it's like mm. she she has this. She has basically her goal is that she must uh, serve Battler, but there's no rule that a piece must obey its creator. So they're like, okay, so who gave her that goal and why? Mm. Um, yes, and they go, oh, the original Beatrice is the one who gave her that goal, and they're like, but why? <laughs> yeah, they're all confused. Ange likens it to like making a piece to eat for you, yeah, because like. It's pointless because you're not eating the food. You're just commanding someone else to eat on yeah, your you behalf. Ca- yeah, you can't. You can't solve. You can't get like less hungry by proxy. Um, <laughs> so they're like, so you can't. You can't experience someone loving you by proxy either, because it would just love the piece. It wouldn't love you. Um, yeah. So why create her in the first place? Um, Angela says at one point, like, it's like Baby Trite is like an imaginary number. And I was like, do not bring more numbers into this. <laughs> so she's pi. And uh, if like, we divide <laughs> pi, <laughs> it, it, it is a, a bit high concept. But uh, I do appreciate the kind of point it's trying to make about Baby Trite. Yeah. And her very misplaced earnestness, which is just kind of very torturous for Battler because it's the last thing he wants. Yeah. Like, um, but, so, yeah, it's it's an interesting dynamic. And uh, then we get it spelled out for us some more because uh, uh, Battler's alone now in his study and uh, he summons uh, some illusions to sort of pretend talk to. Yeah. To sort of work out his feelings. Yeah, and it's like um, Ronave's there, the Julia's there, Gap's there, all the stakes are there. They all have something to say about the situation. For yeah. some reason, the thing that Asmodeus has to say is talking about sex. She's like, because they're all talking about lust. like they're all talking about food, and she's like, she's like, what is it about satisfying men? It's something about like you've gotta you've gotta go for the three sacks, right? The stomach, the wallet, and that. What's the other one? I'm like fucking disgusting. I hate that. Balls. He's the sex demon. Don't, I was like, don't talk about balls. <laughs> Batman's like crying in the background, and she's um, like, oh, "Not like, so." As is just like she's just seeing like a cupcake remix. But Batman kind of like works through some stuff with fake Beatrice, and uh, she's like, she's like, "Okay, so now's your chance to get revenge on me because uh, you are in the position of power that I was once in." It's like the, our roles have been fully reversed. Uh, she doesn't remember anything, and you're tortured by this. Meanwhile. Back in our game, you didn't remember anything, and I was tortured by this. Yeah. And I took it out on you, so you can now take it out on me. And he's like, well, it's not the point, because it's not really you. Yeah, um, and so this was the point where I was like, this better not be a I hated you because you didn't notice me, and so I took my revenge later and killed everyone you love kind of game. Um, <laughs> well, um, as I said... There has to be a bit more complicated know, than that, thanks. We do have Red Truth confirmation that Beatrice did not do didn't this for do revenge. Didn't do yeah. I guess I was so just you like, you, I was like this, you don't have to worry about that being the twist. It's yeah, not yeah. a revenge plan. Okay, so uh, and uh, fake battler summoned Beatrice is like, think of her as my daughter. Yeah, uh, I died. I left you a daughter, and uh, uh, yeah, d- d- don't think of her as me. This and, so this uh, was battler then 
reads the letter that baby Triche left with the cookies and uh, starts crying. Yeah, well, he yeah. can't read it, supposedly, because it's covered in his tears or whatever. Um, this bit I found very interesting and very scary because um, I was like, okay, this is so much a parallel with whatever happened with the Beatrice was in Cuadorian and then the supposedly younger yep. version of the Beatrice. Um, yeah. So, like, you know, in this Kinzo is, you know, Battler is Kinzo. Uh, he lost the original Beatrice in probably in childbirth, and the, the daughter reminded her so much of him that he was he kind of like felt terrible about seeing her, but he was like had to keep her safe for the you know the original Beatrice. Um, so he just kind of kept her around, but didn't really want to see her very much until she died. Um, and I was like, okay, that's not great. And then Beatrice goes, oh yeah, so you can torture her in my place if it makes you feel better. You, you can, you know, like, and he's like, oh, what, should I drag her around naked on a leash like you did to me? And I was like, with the parallel I have just made, this makes me very uncomfortable. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thinking um, about some of the like, comments oh, that no. Gav and oh, Gilly no. made about Kenzo's dungeon. Um... Yeah, so I I um I don't not, like that. Not having fun with that. We don't so, no. we don't have like we don't have any um apart from you know knowing Kinzo and his vibes, we don't have any evidence that like Kinzo mistreated the younger Beatrice apart from obviously keeping her trapped in a mansion. Um yeah. and not allowing her to leave, but I'm still like oh god. We don't have any evidence yet. Exactly. Yeah. Like we, like <laughs> I was like, we know Kinzo as a person though. And would that be beyond him? No, no, it wouldn't. Um, uh, just, as they always say in this book, it's just like grandpa. Anything, <laughs> anything grandpa could have done. Um, so yeah, I'm just like, I feel like this parallel is important. And that kind of comment at the end made me think, like, oh no, we're not. I don't. We're not gonna like where this parallel goes. I feel like. No, Ooh. I'm not looking forward to it. Um, but also, like, Battler oh. needs someone to tell him that he's being aligned with Kinzo, um, because I feel like that might knock some fucking sense into him. Also, maybe it will be his downfall. Who knows? Maybe. Mm. Uh, anyway, that's my piece on that. As we as we know, things famously ended very well for Kinzo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so uh, the two pairs of lovers, George and Shannon, and Jessica and Cannon, are transported to a uh, mysterious parlor where they uh, meet the demon Zeppar and Furfa, who we were introduced to in the prologue. Yeah, we get descriptions for Zeppar and Furfa. Uh, as I mentioned the prologue, they are both different genders. Doesn't say uh, which one. Yeah, is, uh, I know. I was like, I was like, we don't know pronouns yet. This is come on, babes. I wanna, I wanna put a pin in this. I at the time we were like, oh, this is confirmation that Riyakishi is based. Uh, upon further thought, I don't think this is confirmation that Riyakishi is based. I've remembered anime's treatment of trans people as a whole, and I, I, I don't think this is. I, I would like I would like to retract my ooh and and uh put a pin in this and say like I'm I'm waiting. I'm I waiting. am I am tentatively hopeful. I'm willing to entertain it and if I see it I will believe it. However, I don't I I the the just them being different genders does not that's fair make me encouraged um, at all. Um but yeah, they're um, like 
they're good. Uh, yeah. One of them is uh, the, uh, the power of uh, the offense, and one is the power of the defense. One will uh, let you overcome the uh, boundaries to love, and one will protect you from the wounds of love. So, oh, you know. That's nice. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. basically, they're each, they're half of the brooch each, basically. Yeah. Basically, um, uh, they are the manifestations of each heart, and they're like, "Hi," um, and and George is, and George is kind of like, "This isn't great," and Jessica's like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, apparently Shannon had at least briefed George. Uh, Cannon did not prep Jessica. Cannon was just like, "Um, so she... let's go." <laughs> yeah, um, everyone's yelling, and for the most part, most of this scene is people being like, "I love my partner more. I won't lose," and I'm like, "Shut." The there's a lot yeah, as well in this scene where we're gonna Jessica's... get an anime. Sorry, we're gonna get an anime tournament arc. Are you guys excited? Kind of. It depends. It depends how much I love Shannon. George is gonna do. Um, which I was uh, gonna say. Normally, I'm excited for this kind of thing. I like a game. I like a game within a game. But uh, mm. um, yeah, I there was also a lot in this scene about Jessica being like, "Why do we have to do this, though?" Yeah, um, which uh, I appreciate because a... that's how we get the exposition. <laughs> yeah, we get some exposition that uh, if Shannon leaves the island, so will Cannon. Uh, yeah, because he's basically so... said like, "I'll only work here while Shannon does." Um, yeah, so that will break Jessica and Cannon's love if Shannon and George get together. Yeah, yeah, uh, will because they have to leave. Jessica's kind of stuck on the island because she's like an heiress. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, um, meanwhile, um, uh, so if, if Jessica and, uh, Cannon win, Shannon will not go off with George. Apparently Shannon's just content to work here for, like, as long as possible. Yeah, that one makes so, less sense to me. Um. Yeah, um, uh, good, good for her. And then, um, uh, Beatrice, uh, both Beatrices show up. And uh, Baby Triche is pushed into competing as well to uh, get Battler's love. Yeah, so it's ended up being like a three-way love a competition. A three-way, yeah. No, no! <laughs> no that's not what I meant, that's not what I meant! <laughs> Honestly, one of the things I feel about this scene is, and, and we've talk, we, I've been talked around to it during the course of this episode, is I'm actually rooting for Beatrice here. I've over the course of this episode talking about canon and jessica and shannon and george i actually think the best possible outcome here is that beatrice succeeds well yeah so i was my the only theory basically i have on this and i don't think it works is that like is are the multiple game boards we've already seen examples of beatrice essentially having one um and well, it depends if you she's... think this happens on every game board. Because we haven't seen Zeppar and Furfa before. I mean, we've had the stuff with the brooch before, but we've never seen this. Yeah, um, but yeah, um, I was just wondering whether... Because, like, obviously in previous game boards, uh, Jessica, you know, George, Shannon, Cannon all die. Um, <laughs> and Battler is left alive up until the right at the last moment in all of them. Um, so I was, mm. so I was kind of like, oh, is this a like, is oh, this a yeah. Beatrice wins in every like in every scenario so far? But like, it hasn't quite worked out, kind of situation. This is why it doesn't really make any sense. But um, so 
Yeah, I guess like, the big point is, so why are the relationships doomed to fail if uh, Beatrice wins? Surely then Cannon wins by extension because Shannon's not going to leave? I think that's Cannon related gonna... to the guarantee that everybody will always die. Yeah, because yeah, that's that Ooh. was my thought that if if Beatrice wins, then the other two lose because everyone will the die. The other two because everyone dies, right? Um, okay. All right. Interesting. Um. And, yeah. And uh, this scene. Uh, this scene is uh, very interesting. The, this is a setup for like kind of the lens we're going to view a lot of the rest of this chapter in. Uh, is Great. the love game, the Olympics of love. Um, yeah, well, and it, it's an interesting it one, basically, because jo- Jessica's like, I don't want to have to compete. Our love should be enough on its own, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't understand the whole furniture demon thing. And George is, George is doing his, you should never question authority routine. Um, <laughs> and just being like... Full centrist been, mode. Yeah, full maybe centrist mode. Maybe the murder mode. demons are right. He's like, like, maybe they have some points. He's like, we have no choice. There's no way to rebel because I've not tried... Um, so we've just got to, we've got to compete and we've got to show our best love. <laughs> okay, I'm, like, I'm gonna, whatever, I'm George. gonna, I'm gonna be, play, play, play devil's advocate here. To be fair to George, he was briefed on this. Jessica was not briefed on this. Yeah. Uh. No, it makes sense, but he just seems like he really, he really took to it quite well, didn't he? <laughs> he did take to it quite quickly, that's a good point. But I imagine he might have a similar reaction to Jessica if Shannon hadn't been like, okay, here's the deal. Mm. Um, I would hate to give George the benefit of the doubt on anything, but yes. Yeah, yeah I don't like doing it, <laughs> but um, I, I, that would be my like reasoning for his behaviour in this scene, is that Shannon is explicitly close to Canning as, what the fuck, why didn't you warn her? <laughs> um, that is quite uh, So, uh, it is very good. So, uh, what are the takes, Rowan? Yes. What are the takes? Tell us the takes. No pressure. Oh, those were my takes. You got my takes. Oh, my is that takes it? were I don't think I don't think Zeppa and Fafa are based yet, and um, I'm rooting for Beatrice. Okay, against nice. all odds. Oh, okay, I, cool. I'm I doing what I'm more. told, and I'm following what Umineko wants me to do. <laughs> you're doing what you're told. <laughs> doing what I'm told. Questioning and you're not the salty about trans it ally credentials. <laughs> um, I do want to. I do. I do want to say this. I don't think Rikishi's writing is inherently uh, transphobic. That is my, um, from no other reason than I have seen one of the posts on the Umineko Tumblr being something like, I don't know how you like Umineko if you're transphobic. Um, <laughs> I'm like, this gives yeah. me hope. Um, so there we go. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think, I'm not saying like, oh, this is transphobic. I'm just no. saying like, I'm not ready to forget anime's history of oh no de- yeah definitely not yeah it's, there's well bits let's just say um from what i've gathered it's better than steins gate bars on the floor but you know I've seen i love steins i love gate when the bar is on the floor i've seen steins I love, I love gate. what the fuck happens in that that's bar. transphobic i don't remember uh there's like a trans character who i believe just they just have intense scenes of misgendering her constantly if i remember Fucking but hell. I haven't read Steins Gate. This is all stuff I've heard from other people. I've seen so the anime. I, heard... um, I don't know if it's in that also, and whether I. Just... It might be. It might be confined to the VN. Um... I have the VN. Um, 
I was intending to play it at some point, so thanks for the heads up. <laughs> oh yeah, heads up. Uh, Stone's uh, yeah, I could, uh, I could. It could just have been that, like, I didn't know things about trans people when I watched the anime, so it could also be in that, and I just yeah. didn't notice. I will say, uh, we don't really get a huge amount of exploration on Zephyr and Furfur's genders. They're just kind of there as funny little demon people. So, um, similar to like how we don't really get much on the internal life of the stakes or the Chiestas. Yeah. Um, you know. So, uh, don't worry about their genders being a key plot point. It's kind of just a little throwaway detail. I'm just, I'm just intrigued. I'm. We, we are. I, mean, listen, I, mean, I, I have like been invo- enjoying Zep. So Zepar is the blue hair one. Um, yeah, blue haired one. And um, yeah, their I've been voice. really exciting. Yeah, the the deep tones. Mm, very nice. The deep tones of um, Mitsuki uh, Saiga, who uh, we stan. Yeah. And uh, th- should just sing a pre-para song just halfway through this episode. Yeah. I feel like they did for for dirty in the like she should have had a yellow hat or a brown hat. I don't know where they got the yeah, green from because there's again, no green in the rest of her outfit, and I feel like it would have really been nice if she. Rikishi is not a fashion candy. man, uh, and these are adaptations of his sprites. They are recolors. Are you of each telling? Other are you telling because... me that Gap isn't made by a fashionista? Her outfit. Um, no? You wait until you're given the full sprite of these motherfuckers. <laughs> you wait until you're given the full fucking sprite. Yeah, That's I've been looking for is. it, actually. I've been keep checking the character menu, being like, let me see about these two, and they're not there yet. Yeah. I, yeah, they're I just there at the end the of this episode. Wiki. Shout out to the Umeko at... Wiki for being like referring to them without using any pronouns. That's... Like, oh, you've been on the wiki. Yeah. That's dangerous. I've been, avoided the wiki for any characters because I'm like. Don't I would recommend avoiding the wiki, but Rowan's especially stupid, so I think it will all work out fine. We're all good. I have been I have been called out on the Tumblr because apparently I have been interacting with posts that are um, later than stuff that we've read, um, and and so someone was like, every time you do that, I get like a heart attack because you're going to give yourself spoilers. And I was like, I've not noticed that any of them are spoilers. If I have, like, if I scroll I through past that. a post and it looks a little bit unknown and I don't know instantly what they're talking about, I just like go past it because I'm like, that's not for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, this, uh, uh, just so we have full full body art of Furfa. Uh, 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 this is where the rest of the green on their outfit is. Oh no. Oh god. Oh, oh goodness. <laughs> Her ass. Okay, oh, so. Oh yeah, their asses are just both out. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, like, I don't hate the outfit. I do hate the green in the colour scheme. In the Ryukishi sprite, the green is much more vibrant as well, and I think that's much Yeah, it's worse. a lot more like, it's a lot more lime green yeah, than so... the other uh, ones. <laughs> Why would you do that? Rowan's cropped the crotch. I just sent a picture of Furfur's fanny frills and ass, because she's got like ass that extends below her vagina bones. Which they did keep in the... Uh... Yes, three adaptation of the, the sprite. Art, art, so. anatomy, fantastic. Furfa in oh, no. the original sprite has clown vibes in a way that the subtler palette of the PS3 sprites does not have. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually am quite here for that, actually. 
now that I've thought about I, it. I, I do like the, the vibrant colours. I think it's quite fun. Uh, <laughs> Stop sending um, crop pictures and crotches. <laughs> it's actually worse on the PS3 fights. Um, uh, okay, so there's no visible... Okay, there's less visible us on the um, Steam release, but like, <laughs> it suffers from being the art from the Steam release. So uh, it's not really a W. Um... I actually, I don't hate these outfits. I think that, like, you know, um, it's just interesting like someone took, anatomy like, aside. Um, I think they're quite cool. Um, I think someone, it's like someone took like a Lolita outfit and just like removed like a lot. They're of obviously the they're obviously a bit sexy, um, but I am at least not getting the uh, implication that these two characters are supposed to be young, particularly. No. No, no, um, no, no, no. Uh, and also, they're love demons. Yeah. I think if you have any justification to make them a bit sexy, uh, they're, they're literally like incubi slash succubi vibes. The two genders of uh, love are clown and goth. And on that, note, I feel called out by that. Um, if you're a goth clown, you've got it. You've got it. <laughs> you've won. Uh, you've won the love game. Is that the end of the podcast? Is that the end of the podcast? Just end Calling it here. Don't do, the, don't do the socials. <laughs> just, just, is that the end of the podcast? And then no, okay, it. okay. Well, we've, do, we've done this very strange reading. Sorry, it's been a bit of a fragmented one. It was a very fragmented reading. Uh, so uh, we captured it. We did it, guys. We'll be back uh, next week with worse. We'll be back. We'll be back next week uh, with uh, three more chapters. Um... We have uh, chapter nine, starting at chapter nine, self-reliance to the end of chapter 11, the fate of those who do not fight. So uh, that will be fun. Um, There's some interesting stuff in there. And uh, yeah, I hope everyone's uh, thinking about what Ryukishi is trying to tell us. I'm thinking, I'm just not (laughs) realising. What a guy. Uh, so, Twitter is still dead at time of recording, but if it's up, uh, hopefully uh, you can access it. Uh, the Tumblr is thriving. Uh, You're uh, welcome. I'm fucking obsessed with Jess. Jess is making me want to revive my Tumblr, so that's 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 cursed. And uh, our personal Twitters are also there. Do you want your personal Tumblr in the description, Jess? No. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, uh, our, our Tumblr is hidden-t-party. Um, brand recognition come join us we've had our first hate mail already um so i think we're winning we've been obsessed with uh we got haters on the brain this week i can't stop thinking about uh the fact that uh this podcast is hosted by known umineko hater courtney DeWurst. yeah uh, <laughs> i have no love for this source material apparently no, despite no, the fact no. i am on the re-kishy defensive every episode <laughs> Despite the fact I disagree with a lot of this man's writing choices sometimes. Um, <laughs> uh, and, um, uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter. I keep debating about doing some Ace Attorney live streams. So if you're interested in that, uh, maybe follow me. I don't know. It might happen. Uh, it would be specifically the horrible clown case everyone hates. Because I uh, like to suffer uh, for uh, public entertainment. The uh, clown titties. I know the one. No, not another clown titty. Not the cl- uh, a different one... clown case. Jesus Christ! A different clown. <laughs> the, the one, the one with the thirty-one-year-old with the puppet who wants to marry the sixteen-year-old. The one where the judge uh, actively penalizes you for making the clown tell jokes, even though you don't want the clown to be telling jokes either. 
What a game. What a game. Can't wait till we get there. Um, anyway, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, and thank you and good night. Bye. Bye.